Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. solo jazz is going to kick us off all right so we first want to obviously not obviously it's kind of scary actually but we wanted to acknowledge everything that's happening in the middle east and quite frankly outside of the middle east annabelle and i are both middle eastern i am not israeli i am not arab but i am persian and i am technically born muslim although i don't really identify with that or feel attached to that i do feel a heaviness in my heart for every single person who is experiencing Islamophobia, anti-Semitism, or anything in between. I think hate is hate and activating this. Unfortunately, I think we're in an era where we see things online and instead of activating love, it's activating a lot of fear and hate. And I'm honestly so shocked by even just like on college campuses, these anti-Semitic rallies, it's just horrible. And my heart goes out to everyone. Really awful. And I'm Jewish. And so, you know, it's something so beautiful about Jasmine and I, how we can come together from this place. And yeah, it's, it's very heavy. And I don't know if anyone else is experiencing it, but I feel like there's this like collective fear and anxiety. I, for one, feel much more anxious than I have felt in a long time and fearful of like being by myself or if it's late at night or especially now that I'm a new mom, just, you know, always like watching over her, just being extra protective. But this podcast is not going to be about the conflict in the Middle East and anti-Semitism and things that are going up around the world, but we just wanted to hopefully bring some light. Yeah. And yes. So with that, <laughs> so with that, we're going to talk about other human things <laughs> that we're all, and, and also just showing that like, we're so much more the same than we are different. We all struggle with a lot of these issues that we talk about on what's the point. And if we can just recognize that we're so much more similar than we are different. I really think the world would be a better place. And I think, yeah, and to that point, that really reminds me personally that that's why we started this podcast is like, because we are living in a very polarizing time, like with or without a conflict in the Middle East, it's been like this for quite a while. And I think 
remembering that we're all cut from the same cloth, like human is human is really important. So with that, we love you all. We love you all. Sending all the love. So Jazz, what do you want to get into today? Okay. So we have a few topics top of mind. The first is, I feel like the universe has been telling me this in many different forms. So I feel like it's my duty to share this, but I've had this conversation both on our podcast, off our podcast. There's an observation that our generation specifically, and perhaps others, are so addicted to the outcome and attached to the outcome versus the process. I can speak for myself when I say I'm someone that is definitely suffers from that. I read a lot of books to try and like master something, which I think is like beautiful in some ways, but also can be really crippling because it actually stops you from doing what will get you where you want to go, which is trying things out and just creating and not being afraid to just express yourself in different ways. And I think we all get so held up in that stage zero, like inception stage that we don't ever actually push ourselves out of. I don't even want to say we all, I do that. I know other people who do that. And I see that within my community of like having this idea or having this desire or this unmet need within. And instead of trying your way or doing your way through it, it's like we overthink our way through it and we never get anywhere. Yeah. Well, it's much easier for us to stay in our comfort zone. Like even if we read all of these books about self-help and growth and starting business or whatever, in the end of the day, like we haven't been practicing those things. We're reading them. And I think in order to start something and to make a shift, you need to start putting things into practice. So another role that I do is I am an early stage founder coach and everything I talk about usually with early stage founders is making everything in these like baby steps. Like how can you kind of trick your brain to pushing forward without thinking about this like overwhelming goal at hand? Because that part gets so overwhelming and it's crippling, as you said, and then we actually don't even do it. So what can you do today to move your goal forward? What can you do this week? And thinking about it more in like these like baby steps has really helped. But I always see people who are like, oh, I'm just like not ready yet. And I always want to debunk that word because we're never really ready. You think we were just ready to have a child and have our entire world rocked? Like, no, we, you know- Especially at a time like this. Yeah. Like we, we obviously love having a child, but it's not like one day we were like, oh, I woke up and I am so ready today. Mm -hmm. Right. And when I started my business, I didn't wake up and was like, I'm so ready, but I had been slowly putting in the pieces together to be able to quit my job, to be able to take that risk, to have some financial stability in order to, you know, put money towards something new. So I think it's, it's a process. And as Jasmine said, we need to start enjoying the journey because that's where our growth is. And if we just kept getting where we want it to be and the much enjoying milestone after milestone and accomplishment after accomplishment, then what are we actually learning? Yeah. And I think to that point, like we just get so afraid of leaving that arena. So I think it's like, it's scary, right? Like, I don't know. I think I actually don't know what this is, but it's like a perfectionist thing, whatever, but I'm someone that like my space has to look perfect before I can start working. Like I have to like organize everything in a way that my brain can process before I can start something. And while that's helpful in some ways, it can be really harmful because it's like, you just got to get started. You just wasted an hour, like organizing your space before when you could have been working or whatever it was. I was speaking to someone about this, about Rick Rubin's book. 
and he's, you know, this master of creativity. And I had just, I've just started the book. I haven't actually gotten through it, but I love Rick Rubin. And someone, I guess, had asked him, or I think maybe it was on a podcast, someone had asked him, what's your process? How did you create this new sound? And he was a producer and, you know, whatnot about his, his creative process. And he's like, I didn't know I was doing that. Like, I just did it. And that's what happened. And I think if you actually were to peel the onion, it comes down to self-trust and trusting that like what you know is what makes you unique. What you don't know is also what makes you unique. And that is what's going to actually benefit whatever project you're working on, because it's going to be your own unique individual expression of it. Like you and I could have the same idea and execute it so differently. And that's what's wonderful about life. Yeah. And I think fundamentally, we need to understand that everyone around us does not know what they're doing. Like you (laughs) could be the, you know, Jeff Bezos, anyone does not know what they're doing. They didn't know exactly what they were going to create. They're also in this like space of like murky water, like trying to figure things out day to day. And so first, like, I think we should all take comfort in the fact that like, no one knows what they're doing. They're all just figuring it out. And to your point, Jasmine, too, it's like, it's so beautiful that we're all different because we do put our magic spin on it. Like if I want to go start like a skincare company, I'm going to do it differently than the 50,000 million other people who have started a skincare company. Like we all have our special magic to it. So just because something exists in the universe already, it doesn't mean that you should not pursue your idea because your idea is going to be completely different because you are unique in yourself. Yes. And I think that is what we need to be less afraid of. It's like, or I guess need to acknowledge is just like, no one knows what they're doing. They're just doing it their way. And their way is what makes it cool and unique and interesting. And I think like, yeah, we just need to be less afraid of that. It is scary though, because it's vulnerable. So I get that as well. For sure. And I also think it brings us to another point that we wanted to chat about is just like, sometimes our habits actually keep us small, right? Like, if you're doing something every single day and you're so rigid about them and, you know, one day, let's take meditation, for example, and like you need to meditate every day at this time exactly. And if one day your baby's crying or whatever, and you're not able to meditate at that time exactly that day, how do you show up? Are you so like sad and annoyed that you missed your meditation? Are you rigid about it? Or are you kind of like, oh, it just kind of like happens. Like, I just think sometimes our habits keep us in this cage And we are constantly evolving as humans. So our habits should constantly be evolving with us. So, you know, I think for me, at least, I don't know every how long, maybe every couple of weeks, I kind of take inventory of my habits and I ask myself, are they still serving me? And if the answer is yes, then great. Like we'll continue those. But sometimes the answer is no. And it's like, actually, that's just not working for me anymore. Like maybe I'm going to do my meditation at night with my legs up on the wall. Like once Gemma is already asleep, like maybe that just kind of feels better for me. But I think it's important practice for us to just check in with our habits and see if they're still serving us. Right. So that is actually true for... Okay. So I'm reading this book called something the greatest salesman. And it's not actually about that. It's like one of those books like The Alchemist where it's like this journey of the salesman, but it's really a more spiritual book. But it's actually amazing. It's 10 scrolls and they ask you to read one scroll every day for 30 days, three times a day. So it's like three pages. And the scroll I'm on, so it's like easy enough to digest. The scroll I'm on actually says, or maybe the scroll before says, I'm totally, this is not verbatim, I'm a slave to my habits as a human. So I have the power to change them to good habits. And it's so true. And like, even that in and of itself, being someone who can miss a day of meditation and be okay with it and be self-compassionate is a habit, 
or do you have the habit of kicking yourself when you don't do something? Or do you have the habit of being graceful with yourself and being like, hey, I, that's like, that's okay. And so I think like that is such a good reframe. It's like, listen, we're all made up of good and bad habits. It's like genes. We all have good and bad genes. Like you don't want to trigger the bad ones. Like a bad habit isn't not meditating every day per se. A bad habit is being really hard on yourself and beating yourself up for missing a day. Like that to me is a way worse habit. Yeah. The frustration that it causes. I also think though, there's some society element in here too, because society kind of shows us you can get like anything like that dopamine, like right away mm-hmm. and habits take time to build. And so I think that like sometimes our society makes us a little rigid and stuck in our way. Yeah. I think it's such a balance though, because like my, and I want to come back to dopamine for a second after, but my sister and I were talking about it. Like my sister and I always, like when we were I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. summer, my mom wouldn't let us, my parents wouldn't let us just like sit at home all day, like for better, for worse. We always at camp or an internship or something like it was like, there was really not that much dead space to just chill, which has a dark side too. But regardless, like we really thrived off structure. And like, we talked about this before in our podcast, like structure can make you really, Huberman talks about this too, like structure is amazing and it benefits you, but it also CBT has something about it too, where it's like you have your boundaries, but they need to be like rigid boundaries that you're flexible with. Malleable. Yeah. Yeah, Like you want to make sure that you're just like able to have an infrastructure because infrastructure actually allows you to have fun. It's like having boundaries. Right. So I think it's like, there's a level of just being comfortable when things don't necessarily go to plan within your structure. Like, I think that's going to be the biggest thing because I think you don't need to have the most structured life. But for me, for example, like I've gone back to like color coding my calendar and everything is in my calendar, like every step I need to take. And I used to do that as a kid, too much OCD, but I used to write down on a whiteboard every single thing I need to do to the point where like, I remember someone came over and made fun of me and was like, do you write down when you breathe? Like was just, you know, whatever, but there's balance. Right. And I think yeah. there is a level of like creating something that works for you but not being so hard on yourself if it doesn't always go to plan. Because as you said, if you have kids or if someone's late or if someone's this or if someone's that, you need to be able to like accept reality. Yeah. And I think once you take on more and more responsibilities like a business or kids or, you know, marriage and all sorts of other things, you kind of really do need to be organized. And if that's the way that works for you to be organized, like color coding and writing everything down, then great. You should keep that right. But also sometimes it changes. Like 
the whiteboard can shift to like a journal and pen and paper, yeah. right? Like to be okay with like it changing and shifting and evolving. Like maybe the the fundamentals are the same, but like the how could be a little different. I also think like there's a level of accepting that other people have other ways of living that might not align with yours, but like that works for them and not being judgmental about that or annoyed. Like in my newer experience of living with a significant other, he's very tidy, but I'm OCD. So like one thing out and we actually had this like really funny conversation where he's like, it's so funny. You get so mad if like one thing is out of place, but like there are times when you come home and there's a bunch of things out of place, but like, I just put it away for you. Cause like we're a team, that's a different discussion. But I was laughing. Cause I was like, it is true. Like there's my boundaries, my internal boundaries, the way I live life, my structure, my habits and someone else's and like meeting someone in between. Cause like, not everyone is like your clone. Not everyone's going to like think and act exactly no the way you clone. want to. Like, exactly. Zero people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> not everyone, no one. And so like, and especially if they didn't grow up in your household. So it's like just a funny thing to think about, but it's, I also think it eases the sense of judgment. If you ever catch yourself judging or being like, oh, that person's this or that. It's like, well, they also are living by something that works for them or maybe doesn't, but like they're living in their own universe. So yeah. And it's also going back to the fact that we all have different like operating systems. If you think about all of us, like a computer, we all have different like operating systems and foundations that work and trying not to inflict your views on someone else or your perspective, or this food is good. This food is bad. Like this style of working is good. This style is bad. And just realize that we're all different. And the only way that we can like kind of work together in a, in a cohesive way is just to like recognize other people's patterns and other people's, you know, beliefs or structures and and whatnot. And then present the information in a way that the other person is going to be more receptive to. I do this all the time with my husband. We're very different in how we process information. And I know he is a calendar person. And if it's on the calendar, it's not happening for him. And so I make an effort every single time we are doing something together or there needs to be something done, I add it to his calendar. And that kind of just like works for us. And I think, you know, Jasmine and I also have an amazing working relationship too. And it's not so often that you find people that you can have such open and honest and direct conversations with. I think a lot of people get defensive and they think you're attacking them personally, but in the end of the day, it's just kind of like feedback so that we can work better together. So, you know, with Jasmine and I, if there's something that's come up, we're, we're very direct and open and honest with each other. And then the other person who is receiving the feedback is very receptive and not defensive and doesn't jump kind of, we, we let each other like speak what we need to speak. We listen, we don't try to like interject and defend and not all that kind of stuff. We really just like listen and say like, okay, like how can I best shift so that that doesn't feel hard for you anymore? And we come to like a conclusion after, and we always feel just so much better from it. And I think often, especially as women, we shy away from confrontation and confrontational conversations, especially in the workplace. And that's something that I think we all collectively need to work on, but it takes practice. So to be clear, like, because Annabelle and I have come up on things and just like any other relationship where we've been like, well, you did this or I interpreted this this way. And I will say though, that our communication is the best relationship I have communication wise. It's like our communication is all-star. I do think a part of that is also, yes, non-defensive, but I think you and I are such seekers in terms of wanting to be better humans that 
what I notice is we'll be like, if you present something to me, I'll be like, well, yeah, I actually like, I'm really working on this because I notice I do X, Y, and Z. And then Annabelle has more context and she'll be like, wow, I think that this would also really help you by like, you know, and I just think there's this contextualization, which actually when it comes to communication, it really, really helps. I think in dealing with people, like I think it's uncomfortable. It's always uncomfortable to say how you feel about something if it's not necessarily favorable to the other person. It's uncomfortable to like come clean about these things. But I think something that I've really learned through our relationship is not being defensive and being open and clear. Like truly, I've like come into a conversation really nervous. And then all of a sudden, an hour later, I'm like, wow, I just feel like a weight lifted. I feel so much better. And that actually reminds me like I had like any other friendship, I had, you know, something happened with a friend a few months ago and I was traveling and I had heard what happened. And I remember thinking to myself, okay, I have three options. I can either hold this in and be resentful on some unconscious level and be angry and distance myself from that person, whether conscious or unconscious. I can speak to other people about it to vent and then create more distance and kind of like create a reactive cycle, or I can just go to the person and hope that they receive it and like be open, direct line the way that Annabelle and I have like really established in our working relationship, which has spilled over into our friendship as well. And I did the last option, which is ultimately the healthiest option. And now like full circle, a few months later, I actually feel so much more compassion. And I think vice versa. Like I think me and this person just like, it was just like a little thing within our friendship. It wasn't friendship ending. It was like a very small thing, but it ended up just, I feel closer to her now. I'm like, wow, I have so much love for her. Like I appreciate that she could take that in and vice versa. And so I think it's a lesson in like sometimes those uncomfortable conversations, even though you might be afraid it might create distance. If that person can meet you there and be vulnerable, because there is a reality where they can't, if that person can meet you there, it can make you much closer. Yeah, no, I agree with that. I also want to talk about like the maybe unsexy side of this. And like some people will not be self-aware about themselves and some people will and be some defensive. some people will be defensive yeah. or just close off and be right. avoided. And some people aren't going to be receptive to this. I'll just speak for myself. I'm at the stage in my life that if I can't have these open conversations with friends, uh, relationships, working, non-working, then... I don't know if they're the best type of friendship for me because I am someone who I think like you, Jasmine, like we're quite expansive. We're quite self-aware of the things we need to work on and whatnot. And want to know those things. And want to know those things. And if someone can't take a direct communication from me, obviously I'm not going to go about it in a mean way, but if someone can't take some feedback and my feelings and not wanting to make a change that I don't feel like that anymore, then maybe it's just not the best relationship for me. And maybe the season of that friendship or that relationship is is over. And that's okay yeah. too. Well, because it's also like to come back to kind of the more untethered soul stuff. It's like, if someone's presenting something to you, it's like, are you going to close your heart or open your heart? And if you close your heart, it becomes difficult to move forward in like a loving, compassionate way and to like love freely with that person. So I think if there's like a way to tie this all in a nice bow, it's the idea that do the things that make you uncomfortable, even if you don't have the roadmap, even if you don't think it's the right time, even if you don't want to tell someone how you feel, even if you don't like the way someone's living in their habits, etc. And try and keep your heart open when that gets mirrored back to you. Because I think like 
that is what it comes down to is like, if you're not able to keep your heart open when someone says things, I also think it's like something that we can all encourage each other more is I think context and compassion is really helpful. So if you come at something and you're like, Hey, this really bothers me. I'm sure it's not intentional. And that person's like, yeah, I'm actually dealing with X, Y, and Z. All of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I like haven't had no idea. Or like you have just the lens of understanding. If you come at something instead of like confronting someone, but more like, I want to understand this person better with that energy, which I'm working on all the time, I think it becomes way easier to keep yeah, your heart you, open and you, receive and allow that you in. You can't attack. You have to kind of like come from a place of like understanding and compassion, like you said, and instead of attacking, just present kind of your feelings towards Yeah. Them. And then, and with like curiosity, like, yeah. I want to understand more about you, like versus putting the person in a box or making a story about them, which is just like a very human thing to do. And I think so often we just like ruminate in our head about a conversation we had that left us feeling uncomfortable and we can't stop thinking about it or something we really want to tell someone. So we keep replaying it in our head, but then never actually do it. And then that gets bottled up and causes resentment and bitterness and Mm -hmm. just a lot of ugly things that we don't want to have bottled up. And my therapist actually told me such an amazing kind of like ways to handle it. It's like when something happens to you, that's just like very like annoying, whatever. So often we just try to you know, talk about it so much and then it keeps ruminating and it never really goes anywhere. And she says that we should only talk about something three times. One, to vent. So whoever you want to vent to. Two is to kind of like work through it. So whether that's with your therapist, your partner, your friend, whatever. And three is to help someone who's going through a similar situation down the road. And like, that's it. And then it should just be like, okay, that's in the past now. And I'm going to take the lessons and move forward. Yeah. I think that's wise. I mean, I used to be someone that would talk to everyone about everything, but mostly because of my lack of internal boundaries. And I was like so obsessive about things, but I've learned to like center myself before. But it's that is great advice. Great advice from therapists. All right. Um, Okay. Well, guys, that's it for us this week, (laughs) but we hope you have an amazing week. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 